Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, continuing off of the comments of our last episode about looking at our lives and evaluating what is our value structure and human nature being what it is, most of us would articulate a value structure that is a prettier picture than what an outside observer would say. So I know that from every experience I've had is I'm an optimist and this just might be part of me coming through here, but I tend to see the more likely that I'm going to get this deal done. So therefore the problem of us having a, a economic shortfall is less likely because I'm here. I got this. I'm going to make it work. Um, and the fact that I've been doing sales for 15 years, there's some backing behind that. But I think that there's kind of innate thought, especially with things that don't have immediate consequences. Um, and most of us look at our relationships as God with God as something that's not an immediate consequence. You know, if, if we li- live a sinful, deceitful life, that's not really a problem. I'll be able to go to confession later in life. It'll be fine. It'll be good. Um, and yes, the church has so many amazing stories of people who have done transformations, who have turned away from very evil and wicked ways to becoming great and miraculous saints. So I'm not trying to downplay that. What I'm trying to downplay is people who essentially use that as strategy. Uh, when we think of uh, uh, St. Paul, his game plan wasn't to be, oh, I'm going to be evil and then I'm going to get a miracle happen to me and then I'm going to become one of the most published persons in the Bible. That was not the game plan. So what I wanted to articulate here was kind of the modality, but more so the cause of wanting to have God being important in your life rather than just, I'll get to it when I get to it. And also, by the way, I'm me, so it's got to work no matter what. Um, and like I said, it, that, that might be part of me coming across. I might not be the only, I'm probably not the majority of people who have this super optimism, but I also do think there's some form of human nature in that. I don't think I created this all by myself. So I think that you're trying to get what I'm trying to say here. So I want to let you teach us. Um, yeah, we want to plan out uh, good things. So the knowing the capacity for conversion and the opportunity for change fits more into the, the freedom that comes, you know, we would know as having like a savings account or an insurance policy. And and it actually frees us to be more bold. We're not as afraid to take risks or make mistakes because we know that it's going to work out. So without being foolhardy, we're, we're able to forge ahead in a particular space and, uh, and, and be bold about it. And, and that's what we have, you know, when we see the conversion of St. Augustine or St. Paul, and we see uh, the tremendous things that God has done there. It's like, wow, well, if he can do that with them, then if I push ahead in this direction, which I think is the right direction, but if I'm wrong, it's going to be okay. 
I don't have to be terrified of being wrong. And so I don't have to be paralyzed by fear, but, um, you know, I can, I can take this step. I can take this risk. And, uh, some people are, you know, better able to evaluate. Some people are more aware of how great the risk is. Uh, some people are just, um, I don't know, more, more optimistic or more have a stronger sense of denial or, uh, and, and don't realize in fact, the, the greatness of the risk that they're taking. Um, you know, just for an example, when two people join together in marriage, you know, one of the things it seems in the, in the modern day is I know, uh, young women in college whose parents have pushed them, like you need to get a degree and you need to start a career because you don't know if the marriage is going to work out. Now that's, problematic thinking for a number of reasons, just like prenuptial agreements are problematic thinking. Um, but there's a, there, there's a sense of, you know, when, when people enter into marriage and they don't have a backup plan, uh, that's, that's an incredible risk. And some people are really aware of that and some people aren't. And uh, I know a, a woman, you know, married for 28 years and, and she really united with her husband and totally trusted him. And then he left her uh, with eight children and, you know, and then she doesn't have a backup plan. Now, when she entered into marriage, she didn't really evaluate the risk of what she was doing uh, and, and just went in with, uh, with, with a hopefulness and uh, confidence that God would provide. And, and indeed he has, I mean, she's, you know, she's doing, it's hard, but she's doing fine. And anyway, the point is, uh, some people are really aware of the risks that are ahead. Okay, uh, now I'm going to make the decision anyway to be united with this person and put all my eggs in this basket. But I know what it looks like if all the eggs break. I've seen people where the husband dies in a freak accident and the wife is left with four children and she doesn't have a source of income. And like that's terrible at so many levels because the husband's death is terrible. Uh, and, and, you know, the loss of the father is terrible. And then the wife having no, nowhere to go is terrible. Uh, again, people don't necessarily enter into marriage with the realization of that. Some people are more wired to do that. And then it's even more beautiful when they make the risk, when they say, yeah, I know that it can really go wrong, but I'm not going to be paralyzed by the fear of all the things that can go wrong. I'm going to move forward in confidence, knowing that God can make even the worst things right. And that God somehow has a way of providing. They're maybe more aware of uh, the 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 end positive stories, the the community that rises up, the friends that come into the picture, the way that uh, the the Lord provides in one way or another. But being aware of the things that can go wrong really uh, can can challenge us. And then being aware of the greatness of God and how He can make those things right gives us hope and keeps the fear from paralyzing us. And so that's where it's helpful to keep that in mind. But all things being equal, we don't set out to be reckless. We don't set out to sin. We don't set out to waste uh, everything. We don't, we don't set out to, uh, to destroy everything saying, well, God can fix it all. And, uh, and especially as we come to know him, you know, I mean, St. Paul has this uh, little reflection where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, you know? And so if we're in a really bad situation, if we make really bad decisions, there's even more grace there to bail us out. And he says, so what then? Should we sin so that grace may more abound? Of course not. You know, 
We don't, we don't want to offend the one who is loving us and providing for us. We don't want to put God to the test. But we know that if we do our best and we set out in the wrong direction, God has a way of recovering, bailing us out, bringing us back, and even doing better things through that in the way that only God can. And so that gives us courage, again, to take risks and to forge ahead and to not be afraid of mistakes and not be paralyzed by fear. And so so when we keep all of that before our eyes, we, we set out to do our best. We plan as best we can. And that's why we have you know, uh, savings plans and retirement plans. And we want to be prudent about all that. But at the same time, we don't place our hope in savings plans or retirement plans uh, because whatever, stock markets crash and those things fail and other contingencies come up and we can't plan for everything. But within our power, what we can anticipate, it's good to plan for and to get other people to help us. And then the relationships themselves have a way of being beneficial. And uh, we can grow it together with others who can help us to plan for certain things. And so that's how we keep, again, this idea of value hierarchies I find to be so useful because certain planning has a has a level in the value hierarchy. It's not the highest level. God is the highest level. And God is the one who can uh, who can overturn all of our plans and who can help us to recover from our best plans gone wrong. And so that's why we keep God at the top. And then we plan appropriately and we risk appropriately, and then we pivot appropriately, and we abandon ourselves to God's providence when uh, so many other things go wrong, and He is our only hope. Yeah, um, and it, it makes me think about stuff. Like, we also have an active responsibility in this relationship. You know, with God, it's not a one, it's just like a marriage. You can't have only one person in it. So, the thought that had come to me as you were given the reflection from St. Paul there was, yes, graces are abound when you're at your lowest point, but as you're getting higher and further away from sin, to me, that kind of implies, if not directly states, that you now are starting to have some role to be a grace for someone else. Um, and I, I think that that's part of what the the Holy Spirit working through the church is all about in, in a practical doing things for other people. You're in a better spot now so you can help everyone else. And in regards to your, your comments about planning for things, um, certainly we all can come up with an example uh, as you gave there with the, the mother of eight who, who just had the, had the, uh, the husband leave in my experience. And this is coming from, a business world. So it's a different kind of relationship. Obviously a business relationship and a marriage are different, but there's some correlation there and some similarities. I think that makes this app is that as soon as people start having exit strategies or plans to end the business, the business basically ended that day. It might take 10 years 10 months, whatever, for actually for us to get to that point and everyone accept it. But the reality is, is that if you're coming in with a plan to get out, you're never really in. And I think that that is part of whenever you were saying there's problems with prenuptial agreements and stuff like that, because to me, I see it as as we're not going all in. Uh, A marriage has to be something that you go all in it. Um, Mm. And 
ignoring all of the state rules of how that can really mess with anyone's finances, the number one way to lose a retirement plan is to get divorced. I just know that from being a financial advisor for as long as I was. Ignoring all that aside, from a spiritual and from an emotional standpoint, people who, I mean, you can think of these people in your lives, someone who is on their third third wife at age 50 versus someone who's been married for 20 years. In general, the guy who's been married is a happier person, a more stable person, and someone you would rather have as your neighbor um, as a very general standpoint. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions to everything, but to me, that comes from going all in and committing when things get hard, because inevitably something's going to get hard at some point. Something you thought was going to be be present, disappeared, something that you thought was never going to go away is gone, or something new developed that you're not a fan of. Um, That's inevitable. I mean, you can't be two people together for a long enough period of time and not have that. And if you have this exit plan gnawing on you in the back of your mind, the desire to figure out a solution is diminished. And that's just an inherent fact. I, I don't have math behind it, because I don't think this is this relationship. You can't put math to a relationship, but it's a fact. And I think that as we talk about this type of planning, yes, we need to know the risks. I mean, you don't want to be foolhardy and go, hey, at the end of the day, we only make enough money to be able to handle two children. Let's get pregnant six times. You know, that that's not intelligent either, because that will cause extra strain and problems both upon your marriage and inevitably in many other circums of your life. So we do need to be intelligent about stuff and know the possible downside. But there's a way that you can look at the downside and galvanize to make your your stronger, whether it be your business team or your marriage saying, we don't want to get to that space. We don't want to get to a space where we need to be jumping from creditor to creditor and hope that we're not getting called on um, on our phones every 10 minutes for debt collections. You know, that's not a happy place to be. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 there's obviously many examples that you can think of that you don't want to be in a marriage, um, you know, distrust, however, breaking down a relationship you want to think of. So I don't want it to come across. I'm saying you don't want to know the risks, but what I'm saying is I don't think you, people should focus on having an exit strategy. Um, you know, it's so, so that that's just kind of where I think that you were going with, and I just wanted to put a, a, a fine point on that because, you know, being all in together is important and what you'll, or at least what I found was, yeah, there's a lot of things both of us can do, but still there's going to be cracks at some point. And that's really where, um, Inevitably, the our, our joint relationships or individual relationships with God, I guess is how you would say that, um, really helps support the structure from falling over. So, like I said, that was my thoughts on here. As we got a couple minutes to to conclude today's episode, I want to give you a chance to do that. Hmm. Yeah, you uh, you made some nice applications from the business world, which I always appreciate because it's not a world that I'm as familiar with, except that I learn it through people like you. And the importance of, of really being all in 
if you enter in with an exit strategy, you haven't really entered in. It's uh, as well said. And, you know, to take it to the religious perspective, uh, God is all in. You know, that's uh, the crucifixion. If it says nothing else, it says that God is all in. Uh, Jesus doesn't hold anything back. That's He pours out every last drop of blood. He breathes every last breath. He gives every last ounce of, of energy. He gives us everything that he has. He's all in. And, and that gives us uh, the invitation, the summons, and the encouragement to also be all in. Uh, when we reach the end, when we've given everything, will we have nothing left? And that's always the fear for us. When we, when we give something away, do we simply lose something? When we give everything away, do we simply have nothing left? Or uh, is, is God all in and, and we can be all in? In other words, when we give everything away like Jesus did on the cross, then we actually break through into eternity. And if you give half, you know, if you, if you just suffer the scourging and the carrying of the cross, but you don't actually go through to the crucifixion, then you just end up scourged and, uh, and, and beaten. Uh, then you don't end up with, the, with everything. And there's, there's something about totality that's different. 100% is more than 1%, more than 99%. It's, uh, there's, there's something about 100%, which is a kind of a category of its own. Uh, I, I think of it in terms of uh, often in terms of superconductivity too. There's a there's a threshold that's reached that you move from some friction to no friction, and or if you look at it in mathematical terms, I suppose the drop is really dividing something by uh, a very large number or by a very small number makes it uh, makes it large, but dividing it by zero makes it infinite. So there's a there's a threshold beyond a limit, and that only comes from giving everything. And so so that's the challenge for us. You know, do I really do I give everything? Am I all in? Am I committed to God in 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 a total way? And we could spend a few episodes talking about what that might mean, concretely speaking. Again, I like the value hierarchy. I'm willing to sacrifice everything else. It doesn't mean that I actually sacrifice everything else today. I don't need to, you know, walk out on my marriage because God is more important or, you know, do other kinds of strange things. But but at the end of the day, if, you know, my wife says it's between me and God, well, <laughs> that's where Jesus says, uh, unless a man leave uh, mother and father, wife and children, uh, you know, unless a, a man, uh, you know, that, that ultimately it'll, it can lead to division. If, if there's a, an opposition, if someone creates an opposition to God, then we have to choose God uh, as the highest priority. Uh, normally, those things work together, you know, and, and God actually supports the priorities, especially the things that he calls us to. But, but the point is, um, am, I, am I all in? Is God really at the top? Is he the, that which I sacrifice everything else for? Is he that which is greater than everything else in my life? And do I treat him that way? Um, how does that? How is that reflected in my concrete decision-making process in my life? So, yeah, those are those are great things to think about, and and you make nice application to kind of everyday life and business practices, and uh, how that plays out even in the the cold, cruel world of uh, finances and business and secularity, and and in fact, it plays out in the rule of the world of uh, love and relationships and even our religion. 
Yes, absolutely. And uh, it, it, it's a fact. So like I said, I, I appreciate everyone being out there and listening with us. And we will be with you again here next week.